Hello, this is Michael Fanning with the Windermere Coaching Minute. This is our short-form podcast where we'll be interviewing Windermere agents who bring creative ideas, power strategies, and successful routines to light, all in creating epic client service and work-life balance. Enjoy the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and welcome to the Windermere Coaching Minute. And today, I have Anders Ibsen with me. Anders, how are you? Very well. Yourself, Michael? Well, it's Ibsen, not Ibsen, right? It's Ibsen, actually. You got it right. I got it right the first time. You know, I always question that. I'm like, is it Ibsen or Ibsen? Ibsen is the last name. And no uh, relation Anders- to the tow truck company, no relation to the writer. Just generic, <laughs> generic Danish name. Well, Anders, hey, thanks for being on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, for the listeners out there uh, listening today, a uh, couple things. Uh, one of the things to know is Anders works with Windermere Professional Partners out of Tacoma, Washington. And prior to being in real estate, he was with uh, City of Tacoma, a city council member and a deputy mayor. For How long did you do that? I was first elected in 2011, served two four-year terms, concluded because uh, we have term limits down here in Tacoma in uh, late 2019. And uh, during that time, I also had my appraiser license. Um, I still retain it. I, I barely do it now, just once in a blue moon. But I, I did appraising full-time during that period before I got my broker license as well. That's awesome. And uh, just so everybody knows, I, I met you in a Ninja Installation. And I think prior to this, we were talking, it was in September of 2018. Is that correct? That's right, in Spokane. And you started in June 2018. And here's one thing I do know. Uh, I teach a lot of installations. I interact with a lot of people who come through installations. And I could tell right away... Uh, Anders, when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, uh, you're going to do something and you're going to be successful doing this just because of the engagement that you had every day and how you were engaged and how quickly you picked up on the concepts. Thank you. Um, I was like, wow, okay. Uh, I just explained that to you and you're already kind of explaining it back to me. So um, so kudos to you uh, for doing that. And for people listening, let me just kind of give you kind of the lay of the land uh, when it comes to Anders' production. So in 2018, he starts in June. Um, in 2019, uh, and you can talk about 2018 a little bit in a minute, Anders, but in 2019, you did 18 transactions. Then in 2020, you moved to 29. And then in 2021, which you just came off of, you had 61 transactions. Correct. So talk to me a little bit about that first year. We, we said a little bit about this, but kind of what was going on that very first year? Yeah. So the, the first half year, that was all just experience. That was all just learning, making those vital few mistakes. And, and mistakes are not to be run away from. They're, they're to be embraced. You, you should, um, uh, I grew up on the magic school bus. I'm a, you know, any self-respecting millennial. And what did Miss Frizzle say? She said, get messy, make mistakes, make mistakes, make mistakes. And, <laughs> and initiative and, and creativity is far more important than trying trying to be perfect and and thereby missing the chance to innovate and learn. And that's that, that was something that I uh, was really big on. And part of the spirit of Ninja was, was to not just follow the best practices, but also 
just to see what um, what really speaks to you and what what habits are, are not only well um, well executed when they're consistent, but also work best for your own business practices. And that's something at, at my own firm, Windermere Professional Partners, that we emphasize very well. But we actually take Ninja a step further. We have uh, things that are called Ninja superpowers. So it's kind of like DISC or the Ninja personality types, but for prospecting methods. So they're people who are more oriented towards social media content creation, people who are more systematic and more focused on just regular touch points, um, others who are more glad handy, loving uh, of things like open houses, things like that. And they're all valid. That's one of the great things about real estate is there are just so many individual paths to success. And it's all about just finding that vital few, finding like Pareto's principle, that that top 20% of um, activities that really speak to you, that you enjoy, that you do well, and that consistently produce results for you. And that was my first year. And that's, that's most realtors first year is just being an omnivore and just taking as much work as you can. And, and the advantage of volume is not really the money because it's not really about the money so much as, as the experience and being in so many weird situations that you can talk about them with authority when a nervous client is in a situation that feels similarly. And then I think what explains the growth besides just surviving. And that's, uh, that's what a, a lot of our, our 80% attrition rate in our industry speaks to is that a lot yes. of people, I think, walk in with with the wrong expectations about how it's going to go and uh, thinking like an employee versus thinking like you're growing an asset. Um, but I think what also explains the exponential growth is just specialization and, and focusing on a niche. So I I, I, uh, I have, I guess, a couple of coaches or a few coaches or coach-like mentors in my, uh, in my business practice. And what I really focused on, especially for 2021, was focusing on a niche. So on the listing side, I focus in not just my hometown of Tacoma, but a very specific series of neighborhoods in, in what's called the North End, mm -hmm. uh, which is from, I have my connections there. I used to represent the area in city government. And on the buying side, besides feeding uh, first-time buyers and all sorts of buyers to my team, which I started half a year ago, uh, but I, I love multifamily. I love multifamily investment. Uh, it's very logical. It's, it's really e um, economical in terms of the investment of time. And apparently a lot of agents just are just really reluctant to do it. So there's some fantastic opportunity. Plus uh, investors tend to be repeat customers because it's like potato chips. You know, you can't have just one if you have a, a good investment property that works for you. So if you have a good relationship with someone, then that's, that's just more work that keeps coming your way with that quality of client relationship. Well, and the other thing I was going to ask you too, is that, so you did that. So, and you grew pretty substantially. I mean, you went from, 18 to 29, and then to 61 uh, transactions. And so what could you say, I mean, obviously, Ninja, you, you had the Ninja philosophy, but what were some key elements for you that you really think really springboarded you into that level of success that you just, you know, found that really worked for you? If I had to narrow it down to one, I would say focusing primarily on relationships rather than closings. Mm -hmm. Because a good relationship with a solid client, not just a client who can close and, and make you money, but someone who really speaks to you, someone that you identify with, some, someone that you light up when they call you, like, oh, it's so-and-so, great, how can I help them? Uh, whereas those clients who just make you feel dead inside and you can't wait to get them to the closing table, not because you just want them to have that house or to sell that house, but because you just cannot wait to get them out of your life. And um, those people, even if you get paid from them, they are dead ends for your business. Um, they will, even if they did send you work, would you really want that again? Whereas right who, who uh, is just authentically someone that you love serving, they're golden geese because they'll rehire you. They'll talk you up to their, to their friends and their networks. And, and it's, it's abundance personified because 
a good client is is more than just one plus one equaling two. It's it's a multiplier. Well, and help me understand a little bit. So when you say build great relationships, I mean you obviously you have tools and you have some consistency in what you do. Give me an idea. Like for you, what did you find that really worked? I mean, because I know I, I get you send your stuff to me and I get it, so it's great. Um, yeah. but give, me, give me just some context for the listeners so they can kind of understand kind of what that may, might look like. Sure. And it's, it's different for everyone. And that's the beauty as long as it's done consistently. And as long as your people like it, because something that Larry Kendall and, and a lot of the ninja authorities talk a lot about is the platinum rule, giving people what they want, not what you think they want. And um, the, the general generic three touch points per month is something that I, I do pretty well. I have a big database. I continually try to grow it, prune it, keep it current. Um, but there's also different hierarchies within the database. So people who are um, top tier, like um, favorite clients, referrers, um, and there's a pretty intricate process for thanking people who send me business, rewarding them, kind of kind of Pavlov's dog. You know, as soon as they send right. me over something, they get something really nice in the mail, they get gift cards and after the closing and they get regular updates and touch points through it. Um, so, so they're pretty top tier along with repeat customers because if, if they are taking that much of a risk to think, think of me and want to, to look good by sending me over to their friends or their family, or if they're hiring me continuously, then, you know, that's, that's pretty top tier. And that, that's a very special kind of level of trust and it helps. And this is another advantage of being really focused on a geographic niche is that if they're pretty close by, then it's, it's easy to have genuine friendships come from that. I mean, I, I have, I've had genuine friends that I've, I've grown from this practice of just representing them over the years and staying in touch with them. And they get regular touch points. They get gifts on a quarterly basis. They're on my Christmas card list. And I try to see them regularly. I just try to touch base and see how they are, keep track of that A-list and how long I've seen them. And I've also, over the last year, tried to grow what I call a B-list. So people who are not necessarily that top echelon, but they're in the area, they're in a place where I'd really like to grow the business more. And so um, I still see them in the, in the sense of regularly touching base with them on important dates like birthdays or putting them on the Christmas card list and all that, plus the regular three touch points of autoflow. So it's, it's regular touch points, but they're all value adds. They're not cheesy. They're not me talking about how great I am or anything like that. It's, it's things that are relevant and things that are nice. Yep. Well, and also too, and you made the statement we were talking earlier is that, you know, we, one of the key rules in Ninja is not to complicate things and keep things simple. Um, right. Talk to me a little bit about the tools that your brokerage provides for you that you're just utilizing to say, hey, you know, because here's what I find is that I can take a lot of agents that are in a company or within a, a franchise, if you will, and they all have a lot of these same tools available to them, yet very small percentages, you use them consistently and don't try to complicate them. And I think that's one of the things that you do is that you figure out, hey, I've got this tool. Why don't I put it to my best use? Talk to me about that. Sure. And to be fair, I do complicate things a little because I'm, I'm a little <laughs> finicky with some of my messaging. So I supplement a lot of the really great material that's available in, in Moxie and, and our other resource tools. And I have a personal graphic designer I've used for uh, my own pre-listing packets, for example, or uh, I have a really nice custom website that I put together with a graphic designer, a professional copywriter, things like that. Uh, but you don't need to do those things to do well. That That's just me being finicky. But we have some great tools, absolutely, at Windermere and, and my firm, Windermere Professional Partners. So Moxie Engage is a very logical database. It syncs with your smartphone. So uh, if I need to look in my email real quick to see whose birthday it is, who I need to call, that, that's just a couple clicks in my Outlook. That's a couple phone calls that's already linked. Um, I can update it that I've done it. Done. And it took maybe 10, 15 minutes, depending on if, if it was a voicemail or a person. Right. Um, 
We have Moxie Present, which is wonderful for comparative market analysis uh, presentations, both for sellers who need some pre-listing uh, strategic assistance with how they're going to list it, how the market's looking, or just unsolicited general marketing stuff about here's where your home might be in today's market. Here's some objective, helpful information that might help you make smart financial decisions. Uh, HomeBot. HomeBot is is probably my most popular tool. Uh, HomeBot is a very new um, prospecting tool. Um, it's linked with some of the most high-tech analytics, um, courtesy of uh, top financial institutions. And uh, it, it almost feels like a game. That's how some people have described it, because they can I play. I would agree. With, <laughs> yeah, with their own house dynamics, uh, yeah. they can see all the cool stuff. And uh, my, my open rates, so I started subscribing people that maybe half a year ago. Uh, my open rates are always 60, 66%, always, yep. every, every single month. It's, it's outstanding how much engagement that gets. So we're set up with, uh, for success with all the tools we're given. Neighborhood News is great. Uh, the Home Update Magazine is, people are, are voyeurs with home prices and they like recipes for food. You know, some, yep. I, I've heard a couple say, I made that lasagna you recommended. <laughs> no. I don't know a damn thing about lasagna, but uh, the, the tools are there. Absolutely. Well, well, another thing I want to just come back to is that, you know, actually, I wouldn't call investing in yourself and like your website and your, your seller book and your buyer book complicating things. I think it's a great investment. And in fact, I get sometimes people struggle. I mean, here you are in 2018. Now we're in 2022. But, you know, so what? That's going on four years, correct? Yeah. On the business. And uh, in four years, you've already realized, hey, I'm going to I'm going to do my own branding. I'm going to have my own website. I'm going to do some of those things. And uh, I think that's, an, I think that's, that's how you build a business is you invest in yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's something that uh, the training that we've had through these programs through Ninja is, is really essential because the market will fluctuate and maybe the amount of transactions that you do from time to time over the, the micro term might fluctuate, but it, it's your broad trend line. And, and the biggest trend line, of course, is the relationships and how, how you nurture them and grow them and invest in them. But yeah, when, when it's a good year, when, when you have more cash than you can spend, do you, do you splurge? Do you live in excess or do you invest that in some really smart tools or a great website or investment property or, or your kid's future? Um, yeah, absolutely. Your business is an asset. It's no different than plunking money in your 401k or buying a duplex. Yep, absolutely. And, and being smart about it. And then the other thing too, I, uh, you now, you have an assistant now, when did you, what, at what year did you hire your assistant? Uh, I opened up my executive assistant position um, in the third quarter, excuse me, fourth quarter of last year. Okay. I hired a buyer's agent uh, third quarter of last year, and I am just in the process of hiring a second buyer's agent. Okay. If any, any words of advice for anybody who's about to embark upon that, uh, that area? Well, like anything, it, it really depends on what you need. So, I, I mean, there are a lot of ways to do it right. There are a lot of ways to fail at it. Um, I'll talk real quick about the team aspect. Yeah. I started buyer's agent first, just because I was drowning. I just, you can only do so many showings or write so many offers and it just, it takes a toll. And that's, um, I, I was more than willing to give up some money just to buy my time back. And I'm, I'm right happy I did that. And my buyer's agent is fantastic too. Um, so my team setup with my buyer's agents is um, I really studied a lot of teams when I put it together and most teams are just really bad. That's, that's unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that was your they're, conclusion. There, there are a lot of, of teams and it, there's just constant turnover. It's super extractive and exploitive and it's, it's really counter to ninja principles, right? Of abundance. Right trust and and mutual gain and mutual benefit and empowerment and creative thinking and so I, I just I looked at what not to do and then besides the general um, 
revenue sharing provisions. There's a big emphasis on professional development, on rewarding prospecting with, with greater responsibility. And, and uh, I mean, I, I like to think I'm trying to engender a good uh, firm culture within my team. Um, and same thing with my uh, administrator. Uh, for what it's worth, for all the, you, you might hear a lot of belly aching about no one wants to work anymore with, you know, job shortages and this, that, and the other. I had 50 applicants when I opened up that position. So uh, no, <laughs> 50, people, wow. want, people want to work, Mike. Where, 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 where did you put the, where did you put out your postings to find those people? Well, I, I did it pretty comprehensively. I did all the major sites like Indeed and Simply Hired and Craigslist and all that. Uh, put it out to social media, put it out to my network. Um and my strongest candidates, my strongest applicants, uh, 50 people applied, we interviewed six or seven. Uh, the strongest ones were people I knew, and the top two were actually former clients um, who <laughs> they had a good experience and they wanted to work. That's um, awesome. And it was great. It was really close. Um, I, I hired someone who's just dynamite, though, and, and she, she really, um, really did an, an excellent job. And she's a super fast learner and just really excited to work with her. And, and my clients are thrilled, too. Well, and I got to believe, too, that bringing on the team and, and you now have a new uh, family member, uh, you have I a son. I do. What's that? <laughs> I do. Yes, that's now sleeping better from what I hear. Um, yeah. But bring on that team, does that give you a little bit more time to have better work-life balance, too, to experience more of, uh, of your family? Weekends and evenings, absolutely. It's, it's a little different now because I'm still in training mode with newer buyer's agents and newer assistants, but um, absolutely, that's the intent, is, uh, is making that that time um just so vital to 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 everything making making the business revolve around it rather than prioritizing crass money making everything else um although i will say though and this, this is i'm not really that much of a woo-woo person like i'm i'm pretty grounded i like to think yeah um but for what it's worth uh, every time i i deliberately take time off whether it's like a midweek to stay off just because or a weekend or a week-long sabbatical or something uh, that's always when people call me the most. Like that's that's always when the new leads happen and and hey, I'm thinking of selling or hey, I, I got your number from so and so, etc. And it's it's like the universe wants me to take more time off and it's just rewarding me that way. I don't know. Exactly. That's, that's well, a, and you know what I think it is. I also think it's uh, the the universe rewards abundance. And I think when you can when you have the ability to uh, check out and spend time with your family or do the things that give you recharge time. That comes from a mindset of abundance. There's no, that's not a mindset of scarcity. People who are in a mindset of scarcity will burn out because they can't yeah. they can't turn it off because they, they have this fear. If they turn it off, they lose it. As yes. opposed to somebody who says, "Hey, I, I owe it to myself to take this time." And I think I think the reward the world rewards you back, you know, with abundance. I mean, abundance breeds more abundance, uh, and it also I think sets you up mentally to see different opportunities. That's absolutely true. Yeah, right. So, so now, so, so now you're rolling along. So what are the, what are the things that keep you consistent? That's one thing too. So we have a lot of people that go through Ninja, they take it, they know what they need to do. They take, they, they know the Ninja nine, they know the, all the things yet all of a sudden consistency, consistency just goes out the door. What, yeah. what helps you stay on task? You know, it's funny. Consistency is really less about action. It's more, but just, it's more of a who question than a what question I would say. Yep. And, um, you know, Ninja and, and things like Ninja, just things that you should be doing, eating your vegetables, going to sleep before 11, things like that. They're really easy to do, but they're also really easy not to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good thing about good things is that the more you do them, the easier you get, because it's, it's not about willpower. It's not about being a tough guy or right. you know, <laughs> muscling, muscling your way into consistency. It's, it's about 
being the kind of person you want to be and just kind of white knuckling it for the initial part and then just being really gentle and graceful. And I mean, you've said it yourself, I mean, I'm, I'm a kind of a fan of your stuff too, Michael, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it, w- would you start by running a marathon or would you start by running maybe a quarter mile every week or a couple right. of times or something and just building that habit? Um, my, uh, my personal trainer at my gym has uh, a different take on it, which I think you'd appreciate too. And she says, even if you want to run, but you just can't run or you don't feel like it, put on your gym shoes, you know, put right. on your gym shoes just put on your running shorts, you know, just psych yourself up in, in the sense that, okay, I'm doing this. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And then consistency begets consistency. And, and you know that you've gotten consistent when it feels wrong, when you don't do it, you know, like yes. there are times when I have a really quiet afternoon and I mean, I'm kind of a restless individual, but, um, man, I really want to write a note to someone. I'm going to log into LinkedIn, you know, someone get promoted or, you know, something like that. And, right. and not just because I'm, I'm afraid not to do it or whatever, but it's just become an enjoyable thing. Just like if, if you eat broccoli consistently, you'll develop a taste for broccoli. You know, it's the same principle. Yeah, I love it. And so uh, have you, do you think that you've been fairly consistent from the beginning when you first started it in real estate till now? Have things changed? Have you, like if I was brand new, right? And I was going to start, what would you say were the things that kind of kept you to where you got to where you are today? Because in three to four years, you had a pretty phenomenal success. And I know you had a big database and there's some other things you talked about, but again, you know, I know a lot of people that have had big, real big databases that come into this and they still, they just don't get there. Yeah. It's, it's really about for one learning what to be consistent in, because you can be really consistent with things that don't do anything for you and you'll still fail. You know, you right. could consistently cold call, you could consistently knock on doors and, and go nowhere. Right. Um, so focusing on that vital few and, and learning, what actually produces the most consistent and the most joyful results for you as well. That it's really important to not lose sight of that intangible for yourself as well as your clients too. I mean, the, the psychological aspect is when we have weekly team meetings with, with my agents and, and my assistant, probably half of what we talk about is, is the mindset of the people we work with, not just what forms do we need signed and how do we negotiate this, that, and the other, but where are they coming from? What do they really need? You know, reading between the lines and um, you have to do that with yourself, too. You have, you have to be your own agent, in a way, for, for managing your life. Um, and that's what I think I, I started doing in the midpoint uh, between maybe the first year and now is, is when you learn more about yourself and where you want to practice and what kinds of things you want to do more of, then it's, it's really the path to greater success is not taking on more. It's, it's just getting greater efficiency in your practices and finding out. Um, I, I really like doing these 10 things. Okay. Of those 10 things, what are maybe the three things that are super effective and that I really like? And then maybe, um, maybe years down the road when you're too busy, then maybe I can hire out one or two of those things and only do one thing and then just kind of take it from there. So um, that's, that, that, that was one of the biggest differences for last year is I really tried to drill down on a specific geographic and product niche. And I'm trying to do that even more this year with basically making myself as replaceable as I can with certain tasks with people I hire. And uh, I mean, my goal eventually is just to become a full-time networker and just feed work to people and just do that. I'm, I'm not that cool yet. I'm still a listing agent. I still write offers from time to time and things like that. But, um, but just, just gradually um, trimming the fat and getting more efficient. So I have a question for you. So you, you are in that kind of perfection world a little bit. Would you agree? Kind of sort of power perfection, if you want yeah, to use power the power perfection. Okay, so and we know that those individuals sometimes have a have an inability to release control, and also sometimes think that they got it. They can do it the best, 
and nobody yeah. else can really do it as best they can. So how did you get your mind wrapped around the fact of, hey, I'm going to turn this over and, and I'm going to replace myself? Was that a comfortable feeling to make that start happening? Or is it still something that you're working on? I mean, because I'd love to know that because I do coach a lot of people that are those perfection people. And they go, well, you know what? I get an assistant, but nobody can do it as good as I can. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of things I could, I could say there. One is that you're not going to perform very well for that much longer if you continue trying to do things yourself, if you reach right. a certain level. Um, one thing I think might help people on the personality side, it really helped me, is just doing the best you can to put in writing what your expectations are and, and to codify things and to put tangible metrics and measurements to them. Uh, I think that's what engineer-type personalities can, can do a really good job of. I mean, before I hired my assistant, I wrote a 25 page handbook. You know, I wrote a handbook on these are the procedures that I want you to do once a buyer is under mutual contract. Uh, when a seller is pre-listing, I want you to go and talk to a bunch of contractors and give the seller a pre-listing calendar so they have absolute clarity on what's going to happen. And so they, they can feel secure that we're going to list on time with maximum market readiness and, and just breaking that down as specifically and as just as idiot proof as I could. Um, I mean, it's, it's not the same as me doing it, but I, I feel there's a really, from a management perspective, it's great because what do workers want besides fair compensation? They want an abundance of clarity in, in what success looks like. And that, that's right. a key of retention is not just paying people well and treating them nicely and, you know, giving them pizza parties or whatever, <laughs> but how about clarity? You know, how about keeping them busy, things that are worth their time, that challenge them, allow them to use their brain, treating them like adults. And part of treating like someone like an adult is just being very clear about this is what I want you to do. This is what winning and success look like. Um, so, so that's what got me there just as a, a really analytical person is just analyzing what success looks like and putting it on paper and telling someone to do it. Yeah. Well, and I will say this too. I mean, this last little piece here is that I know that, uh, what was it? Two weeks ago, we were together, we were in Arizona and there was a bunch yeah. of, a bunch of real estate agents that have been in, in the business a lot longer than you have. And you and they interviewed you, Nick interviewed you. And then afterwards, I heard some of the other agents saying, oh, my gosh, his level of confidence is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, four years into this, and, and I even know when, when you speak and when I'm around you, I can feel your sense of uh, competency. I can also, you know what you're talking about. So, I mean, was that always there or is this something that you just do in, in how, how, how did you get to that? Because you really speak with, with uh, conviction. Thank you. So uh, maybe people who are listening can take heart in this. I was actually a super slow starter um, comparatively. So your typical agent gets their first closing, maybe what month six mm -hmm. or so I was month 10, month 10 was when I <laughs> had my first closing ever. And it was super slow. And I was just hemorrhaging money, subsidizing my own business from appraising and from my city job and my wife's job. And uh, I remember on many occasions telling my wife, you know, I'm, I'm ready for this to stop being an expensive hobby, you know, like, and, and <laughs> And, and of course, I kept plugging along because I, I knew intellectually, if nothing else, that if I just committed and just survived long enough and just had a few more closings to get the experience, then I would be OK. And then, right. then eventually that that um, put forward there. But in some respects, having that big database and having that that background made it harder mm -hmm. because there, there was a kind of a heightened expectation like, oh, my right. God, you're going to so well. You know all these people already. And, and that sort of made it harder because it gave me huge imposter syndrome. You know, when I was walking through the office, I mean, I, I felt fraudulent at times, like, Oh right. my God, these are the real realtors. What am I doing here? You know? <laughs> so, uh, so no, <laughs> the, the confidence is on the newer side. 
That's good. Well, I have to tell you, it works for you. Um, and so what, so anything, anything big for 2022 on, on your horizon, anything you're looking at? Sure. Um, so uh, my son getting his teeth. I mean, that'll, that'll be pretty That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's doing all right. I'm, I'm a first time new dad and you know, it's, it's just an adventure every day uh, on the business front. Um, I want to continue the, uh, the pathway of just drilling down and, and just niches, riches in the niches as, as I've heard before, um, not just with the, the product type um, and not just with the geographic area, but also uh, with the level of tasks that I gradually outsource to my team more and more. I, I want to focus more on just lead generation, leadership, training, um, and, less busy work the more I can. So just empowering the people around me and um, just focusing on that, focusing more on professional development and just seeing where that takes things. Yeah. Well, I will say uh, I was very impressed with your knowledge and it comes to uh, multifamily and that's kind of your, your niche, right? And if, so if anybody wanted to reach out to you to find out more about kind of what you do or, or get your insights, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you, Anders? Uh, just go to my website. It's just my name, AndersIbsonHomes.com. AndersIbsonHomes.com. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Any, any, any parting words you have for any of the listeners, anybody, because most people listening are either in the business or thinking about getting in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Just treat yourself like a client and treat your people like, like your favorite client, you know? Uh, And what I mean by that is focusing on your why, focusing on just making yourself as clear as you can about why you're doing this, whether it's for a cause, whether it's because of, of your love of serving a particular um, kind of person in a, in a certain situation, um, just like how when we serve our people, the clearer and the more um, grounded in their their convictions we make them, uh, the smarter their decisions, the easier our job is. Uh, how are you any different from that? So just treat yourself like a really good client, like your favorite clients, and just do it consistently, and you'll come out all right. Well, I thank you, and I, we always say that too. And I think you took it to heart when we when you first went to Ninja. I said, you know, you're not successful in this business when you get paid. You're successful in this business when you get a referral, because That's what right. that means is that means that people care about you and people know that you're going to do a good job. So, uh, and you've done it. So keep up the good work. And I want to thank you for taking the time today to talk to us and share some of your insights. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'm such a big fan of the show that you put on, Michael. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me here today, and thanks for all you do. All right. All right, Anders. Well, hey, have a great day. And we'll always end these podcasts like we always do. We say, everybody, make it a great day. Uh, Be awesome and help somebody. And we'll talk to you next time. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you found this content interesting, please feel free to share it and give us a rating. Also, If you're a real estate agent with an epic idea and you're doing something great to create great client service or work-life balance, or maybe both, please reach out to us at fanning at windermere.com. And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.